What about this season made you think that Eric Bieniemy is the proper guy to develop a young quarterback? Off the show, we're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, that was us. That was y'all. That's us. I mean, just just a few minutes ago. I'm talking about y'all, but I meant us. Yeah. But it's y'all too. Mono with us for an extended edition of Overreaction uh, Tuesday on Thursday here on the Team 980. Uh, What else you got for... So uh, let's actually do this real quick because you, mm-hmm. you mentioned McDonald and we talked about EB and and the offense versus defense thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any strong feelings on you? You mentioned the, one of the Ravens front office people. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like this idea of multi like three hires instead of two. Executive okay. VP of football operations or VP of whatever pre- team president of football operations, mm-hmm. a GM coach. They don't all have to come from the same place. They do need to see the game the same way. I think you need a mix of experience levels. Like what what's what's your organizational structure look like since you've obviously looked into this quite a bit and you got you got names that you're ready I, for. I think the most important thing in all of this is number 1 finding the best evaluator of talent possible. Especially coming off of this regime where that's really to me where they struggled is talent evaluation and allocating their resources properly. I think that, to me, is like the most important thing. When you talk about layers to your potential front office, I'm blanking right now because I'm sleepy on the name of the female that was in Cleveland that... Uh, cap so, Guru is what I look at. Don Apont? Don Apont. Yeah. I, I look at her as like a Cap Guru, someone that's going to really handle your contracts. Well, like an Eric Schaefer role type for her, and I think she can come in and do really well with that. I do like that strategy because I want my... Football guru only focused on that, really. And then I want my, and I don't know if this is a realistic structure, and I want the that Eric Schaefer type person that's working on contracts and cap, I want them solely focused on that. And then when we have our meetings, we all put our minds together, and all of our research helps us blend to make a decision. And I want one person ultimately being that decision maker and that being that football guru. So here's here's the thing that I think when you talk about organizations and like, Terms like I don't know, titles like general manager, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're uh, opaque. They're um, they're vague on purpose, right? They're, when you're a general manager, you could be someone who has a cat background. You could be someone mm-hmm. with an analytics background. You could be someone with a scouting background. You could be a former player. You could be a former coach. You could be any number of things. And there is no right or wrong way to do it. What I think you need to have is like a list of duties, a list of tasks, a list of things. And you need to, with your one, two, or three hires, check all the boxes. Yes. And you need to check them all with enough to, like, to and to your point, that the person who's checking the box has enough time to actually do it. Like, do I think Bill Belichick could probably scout if that was his only job? Probably. He's yeah. one of the smartest football minds that's ever walked the planet. But as coach and GM, as the guy doing both, did you know the New England Patriots have not re-signed a top three-round draft pick to a second contract since 2013? Someone's getting the short end of the stick in this process when you have one person wearing a quadrillion hats, like you're kind of alluding to. It's hard for you to ex- extend yourself so many different places, right. which is why I want that kind of like you're alluding to. for the Patriots. Which is ridiculous. It's a decade. It's the Patriots. It's which, 2024 now. Yeah, 11 years ago. It's crazy. What and by the way, they now? won multiple Super Bowls in that stretch because Tom Brady was... That's so what happens. Good. And then they got rid of him too quick. Uh, they did. Although I 
don't know, kind of understood that one, but then yeah. he won Tampa and you understood it less. <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, I like that multi-layered structure as long as, like, the, the part about building both a culture and a roster that people tend to overlook is, like, you need a unified vision. Gotta have a and I don't, I don't think that they have that here. Like, Not there all. is something about what it means to be, to use your example, a Baltimore Raven. Yes. There is something to being a San Francisco 49er in the, in the modern Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era of that team. It's what they're going to build in Houston. It's why Will Anderson was so essential for them, why it was so important not yep. to just take C.J. Stroud, but to get Stroud and Anderson last year because for them in Houston, Anderson's the culture center. Yeah. He's their D'Amico Ryans from the last, you know, from when D'Amico was there as a player. Right. You need those guys, that guy. And we had a really good discussion about this on, on Take Command this morning with Logan, and he talked about on that 2012 team how, like, Fletch was obviously the guy in terms of leadership, but, like, the Lorenzo Alexanders, the the Reed Dowdies, like, yeah. the middle mm-hmm. management, if you will, becomes really essential and you can't identify who those players are and how important they are to your team if you don't have that vision. Right. And that's where the two things come together, right? The scouting, right. but also is whoever's doing the cap and the budget allocating resources for getting those guys. And yeah. that's something that I think they've missed terribly on the last four years. And I think that's why I'm so hell-bent on the guys from Baltimore. They, they have their type already. They're going to come in with their type, and you're going to – Built us like the Ravens. What's wrong with what Baltimore's done? I love everything about what Joe, Joe Horowitz is the guy I keep mentioning. He's been a scout with the Ravens for 19 years. He's been reported to Ozzie Newsom. He's reported to Eric DaCosta. And it's really been a big part of, you know, building the backbone of that roster. When you look at the way they're built, like I saw someone tweet this out and it like made a lot of sense. I think it was Dan Orlovsky. The Ravens may have the best spine in the National Football League, talking about Center, mm. defensive tackle, linebacker, safety up the middle. Like they, I want our team built from the trenches. I want to mix the modern football with the old school football because I do believe there's a toughness element that San Francisco has while Dude, we all believe that in is them. So, so underrated yeah. amongst, I think, a lot of people in football is, and it's it like people will give it lip service, then some people believe it. Yeah. Toughness matters oh, 100%. so yes. much. Like, and look at the best teams. Right? All of them have an element of it. They're a hundred percent. Even and Miami, you, uh, and I that's give exactly them, what I was and I call say. them break dancers because I feel like they're kind of soft because they're known for the quick passing game. But they can run the they hell out of the ball. They do it like, with toughness. Yeah. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what was interesting listening to Logan sent me this couple or last week. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks uh, moved the six. They're, they're a the very successful podcast. And they talked about, like, what's the common thread amongst the NFL's best receivers? And they each kind of thought about it independently, brought their thoughts to the the pod. And what they came down to is, like, play strength and toughness. It's like, who's the guy you throw it to and you know he's going to break two tackles? And think of the, any of the top guys in the league. And they're all different body types, like Mike Evans versus Tyree Kill. Yeah. They're a foot apart, it feels like. Um, but they will both break tackles. They're both really hard to bring down. And they play with high play strength and and great toughness. Yeah, and I think a I guy agree. like Terry has a lot of that. It's a question about a guy like Jahan, especially on the play strength side. You watch him a lot, and he can get pushed off routes and, yeah. and pretty easily. And so there's there's things like that where, okay, well, how does that apply to defensive backs then? Because if, if it's at wide receiver, it makes sense that it would apply to defensive back. Like, I think that's basically Benjamin St. Juice's problem encapsulated is like he doesn't play 
with enough play strength that when he bumps someone, he's got to like yeah. really. Well, he is and he isn't. He's he's super tall and lanky. His legs are. He's he may be not built properly, I guess, for what you would want. He's but not it's, it's huge how you up top, it. but his lower body is thick. Yeah, but like, duh, he's, he's a professional dude. athlete, like, and he's, he's in the like he's. I'm not questioning his right but work ethic. I think he's a not, technique issue. With it's him. well, there, there's technique issues yeah. with him. He has very, very. I don't want to say zero ball skills because it sounds incredibly harsh. But like, when you haven't but, had an interception since high school, right. or no, never mind. I'm sorry. He had he had one, one against, this year that was thrown by Desmond Ritter directly to him. Yeah, um, but he hasn't like he does not make plays on the ball, even though he's in position often. But I think also from a play strength side, like if if we're running up up the hash. And I can nudge you and really have an effect on you by just nudging you. I'm not going to get called for a penalty. I have good play strength. I can right. do a lot by doing a little. Right. He's, I see what you're saying. He gets his hands on people and like has to manhandle them. Right. And, then he, and the refs are like, that's a flag. Yeah. Um, where you watch other corners ride guys and kind of do things more subtly and they get away with it. So I think there's a play strength and, and a toughness element there. Obviously, if you're on the line. And this is something that I think some of the commander's offensive linemen actually have. The, the willingness to strain, yeah. the willingness to just grit Grind, out yeah. a rep. And that's why they've been good in the run game. Because the run game isn't particularly well-schemed, but they're averaging 4-6 a carry. One, because it subverts expectations at all times because no one ever <laughs> thinks they're going to run it. And two, because these yeah. guys will finish blocks. Like, Andrew Wiley, say what you want about him, will get out there and work on yeah. uh, inside zone, outside zone, on a screen, whatever. They will do the work. And I think finding more guys like that on like your high end and their bottom of the roster guys. Everyone's got to have the same DNA. Is is what yeah. makes these these teams that are the best yep. the best. 100%. And I think kind of where we started with this, got to have a type. That's like the most important thing and I think that's may have been the biggest like Achilles heel to Ron's tenure here, not finding a quarterback and not really having a type. Yeah, like what's, like what's the Commanders went, defensive player look like? Are they fast? Are they physical? Are they strong? They, are they uh, zone? Are they, they man? They are play they... multiple positions and aren't good at either of them. That's, I mean, unfortunately. That's a Ron like, Rivera led, that's a Ron Rivera player. That is unfortunately the truth. Um, it's, it's, yeah. you know. stuff. Not, not They got great. some dogs in the building still. Like, I like the mental makeup of Cam Curl. Like, when I get the chance to talk to Cam during training camp and things of that nature, like, you got to have dogs in your program to win, ultimately. I People that are willing disagree. to go. The extra mile. And I think it's really shown on tape here the last month or so when they've clearly been out of it. Cam may not have been perfect this year. He may be a step slow, and that's why it was a seventh-round pick. But who's always sticking their face in there, never ducking smoke? Cam Curl playing you want, you want to know the Khalid Cutson. Yeah, Khalid is a good example. You want to know the guy who's maybe epitomized that better than anyone? Quan. Yeah. Yes. And he, it, him was a confidence thing for him at first, I feel like. Just being pulled out of the lineup, not playing at first, not knowing a role – you saw it on this past Sunday, man. I know it's a dislodge the ball from Kittle. It may be small to some people, but that's no. Okay. He's, he's going to do whatever, there, and he, he'll fit runs he's against guards. Yep. Like he will do the thing. That'd be um, tough. Which and he's also shown he can communicate a little bit back there. Yeah. Which I think Emmanuel be, Forbes is tough. I think getting I him coached disagree. by a guy that's not former high school coach. I know I keep yeah. digging at that thing, but I know it's I I have the temptation to do it all the time too. But um, he may be something, which is why I think this job is attractive. But you got to really. 
do your rely on your own evaluations, and then I guess some on the previous staff, which is dangerous. Well, I mean, you do have scouts that, yes. that have been here, like your internal scouts, and you you typically have some of your college guys. Like you have your pro scouts, your college scouts. Right. You have them go back through and and reevaluate, and they obviously have have relationships with some of these guys, and so. There are ways. There, there, there's going to be a lot of people that lose their job, and I don't say that flippantly. But there's going to be a lot of people that lose their jobs on Monday. There's going to be a lot of people that keep them too, and those those people that they keep are really, really important. And some of them will be replaced, you know, in the next six months. Yeah. And some of them will prove that they belong in this building. And maybe if they had been listened to earlier, then uh, things would have gone a lot better for this team. All yes, right. Indeed. Liddell is going to go rest up, recharge <laughs> the battery. Rest. Six thirty. Now you're just gonna you're just gonna furiously prepare. Talk more. I feel like whenever I'm not on, I'm still talking this stuff. It, it consumes our lives. Maybe right. not yours as much as mine, but I'm I'm sick, people. Linnell, Linnell's going to go find someone else to talk to. We're yeah. kicking him out of here. Uh, thank you for coming in, though. <laughs> yes, this is great. Uh, Linnell with us Tuesdays on the Hoffman Show, except for when there's a holiday, and then he's with us on Thursdays. A quick look at what's trending, and then uh, Anthony and I will wrap up the hour next here on the Team 980.